Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, Johnny G, the number one fuckboy. Your number one fuckboy. Your number one fuckboy. Your number one Cuck boy, topical. Hey guys, joining me as always in the High and Mighty studio is my nearly silent co-host Arthur Gabris. He's crushing a Nyla bone right now, so you might actually get a little chewing in the background, which I hear people love. <laughs> also joining me in the High and Mighty studios is an actual Italian, not like the fake Guido Italian I am. <laughs> and a comedian, actual stand-up comedian, actual comedian, and podcast host. Um. Julia Rossi, thank Hi. you for joining. Yeah, yeah. That is what an in, what a what an intro to your podcast. Yeah, I know everyone. I should secretly film people watch me do that for yeah. the first time. I could often tell, like it's. I feel uncomfortable doing it. Like I did not look at you while. Yeah, I, did that. I mean, do you have to do it? Is that what the fans want? I honestly, I have no idea anymore because I don't even think I, I don't want it. I don't know. <laughs> fans is such an interesting word to use with these monsters. <laughs> I, I have no idea what they want. I clearly have no idea what society likes or wants in their podcast. I just do this, put it up on the internet, and hope that Blue Apron likes it. Yeah, yeah. Are they a sponsor? Uh yeah. Every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> This haven't had one in a little bit. We'll see what happens. Uh, th- this is my career. <laughs> this is cool. this is the definition of my career. Great. This is great. Julie and I will be talking about television as a babysitter slash uh, elementary school education. Yeah, best friend. Best friend is the best yeah. <laughs> third parent, or in my case, first parent. Oh, oh ouch. <laughs> um, so, but before we get into that, uh, here's a little another thing we always do on High and Mighty. Again, I have no idea if the fans like. I don't. I also don't care, to be fair, um, what the fans like. This is, uh, if you rate me five stars on iTunes um, and roast me in the comments, I will read it aloud on the podcast. So here we go. This is from Jesus H. Dix. Those who can't do and can't teach. Jean Grabass's <laughs> enthusiasm does not match his execution. Claims to be into fitness, weighs 300 pounds. Claims to love dogs, has a pet rat. Claims to be an actor, but the only actor I've ever seen him do is a cameo as a drunk idiot finding a corpse in fake viral video on Bones. The dead body was fake. The deadbeat persona was very, very real. At least he's had two podcast episodes entitled Being Fat. He's really good at that. In the words of Dr. Temperance Brennan, Angela, give it a thumbs up. I find imbeciles amusing. Okay, Jesus H. Dix. <laughs> Wait, you have a pet rat? Yeah, I guess they mean uh, my little Boston Terrier. <gasps> has, I, or maybe that is a little bit of fiction for the sake of the roast. Oh. Um, I do like the shout out of my Bones cameo. <laughs> In the <laughs> 15 years of me hustling trying to do comedy, I'm glad that my recent Bones cold open credit. Yeah. <laughs> 
nice. That's like the shit that you do, and then you're like, that's your what your aunt sees. Did you do bones? How come you didn't say? I'm like, you didn't watch any of my true TV channel shows for a very long time. A uh, credit that people would use, even though I had other credits, mostly talking heads. I think we're both in that same category. Uh, Lots of credits, me? little bit of money. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but I have other TV credits, and for and every now and then someone would use Jimmy Kimmel, and people would be like, "Oh, like assuming I did stand up on it." I'm like, "No, I don't know why it's still out there." But in like the early 2000s, I was. In a sketch, no words, I just pick up a tray of food and walk away from Mick Foley, the wrestler. I mean, I'm like a child. Like, I'm, it's, and people would put, and I'm like, stop it. Stop, like, it's so, it's not, it's not a credit. Yeah, that's how I feel like when uh, my IMDb for a long time was uh, uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, where I did one sketch, and then this sketch video I did with a friend called MILF Solicitors, which was like a MILF Hunters parody. So my two credits, like in parentheses, it would say like Conan O'Brien, comma, MILF Solicitors. I was like, I need to get more work. Um, and I still haven't. All right. Let's see some more. Uh, here's a quick review from The Hot Dog Whisperer. The title is Bad Job. And the comment is Step It Up. Five stars. Cool. Okay. You know, simple. That's all you need. Um, all right. Here we go. Here's another quick one from Chalk Talk. John Gabris is like a fat Richard Spencer with worse ideas. Hashtag punch a fat Z. Okay. All <laughs> uh, right. Oh, man. Some of these just plain hurt. Uh, I, I love Richard Spencer's haircut, I guess is the best I could say about a modern neo-Nazi. Lock the gate. This is from Nathan the Brown. John Galadriel from The Fuzz is trying so hard to be Mark Marin, but he can't even grow a mustache. Not true. John Gimli went from making millions as an actor, just like Mark, not true, to now podcasting <laughs> in his house with his cats, Arthur and Tiffany, who he married, question mark. And just like Marin, he talks about Judaism too much. <laughs> nice try, John Gandalf, but you're not Mark Marin. Wait, what? Wow, okay. That one didn't make a lot of... It didn't make a lot of sense. I do appreciate the alliteration of using three different Lord of the Rings characters whose names start with G as like a slip up for my last name, Galadriel, Gimli, and Gandalf. I know nothing about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you just made the face that I feel like my wife makes every time I get on one of these. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, see, the thing about the fellowship is, and I just saw your eyes kind of like close. You're like, I'll yeah. take a, a, this opportunity in a long blink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I just had something in my eye and it was complete boredom. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> like when you're about to go in on, like you're about to go into a room that you have no desire to go to, you just take that split second to yourself where you're like, <sighs> yeah all right hi yeah. mom mm -hmm. <laughs> that's me that's a little too personal um guys as always rate me five stars roast me in the comments see if you could do better than these schmucks we gotta have we, we let's let's see if we can get brutal yep we haven't had a solid mention of my deceased father in a while so let's get into oh. that yeah people I, it's my own fault for talking way too much about my personal life i give people the fodder they need for a roast the fodder that you don't have <laughs> hello mother hello fodder <laughs> wait that was one of my best jokes ever <laughs> i know good 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 luck trying to back like back work that into oh, a stand-up set one of these days <laughs> That's always my thing. I'm like, oh, that was a kind of funny joke. How the hell do I... S okay, so I need the other person to say fodder yeah. and have their deceased... Yeah. Uh, or it could just be in the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had it. <laughs> <laughs> now we did the best part about comedy and talked about it. So now yes. it's only going to be stronger. Only going to be stronger. I felt good. Julia, let's talk John. Let's talk TV. Ah, oh, TV. So when, uh, I, when we emailed about doing the podcast, the first thing you said was like, I could go forever on tv shows yes. i believe something like that and i too uh was a child of the television generation and i guess i'm an adult of the golden age of television generation yeah but it's different like when i say that i could talk about television forever i mean the thing i miss was like 
sitcoms taught me all my lessons. <laughs> you know, like I learned about child molestation from different strokes. The episode where Dudley got touched in the bathtub at the bike shop. You remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. And then I learned about rape from All in the Family when Edith almost got raped. Do you remember oh, that episode? I, that one I remember, but I didn't see like that. I saw later on in life. Oh, yeah. I saw it as a child. Jesus. Yeah. And then I learned about, um, you know, Sm- child uh, abuse from uh, my dad. And also... Um, <laughs> Uh, moving on hello father yeah he's no he's italian it's fine and um but uh from uh good times when janet jackson was being hit with the iron oh wow yeah i mean like all of my none of that stuff i learned about doing drugs from uh saved by the bell yeah johnny dakota or whatever his name was the manager of zach attack yeah i mean like none of this stuff would fly on television now yeah isn't it like I guess, is it too cheesy now? I feel like there's still... Mul- I mean, I guess sitcoms can't really do stuff like that. I think, I, think, I don't know if it's it's partially too cheesy, partially I think like the whole PC thing. Yeah, I feel like it would be really intense if Goldberg's had an episode where someone was molested. Yeah, <laughs> like, but like I... If learned- you're like watching Modern Family and Manny's like, I don't want to go to school today. Yeah, I mean, it was so... I learned about uh, taking the door off your refrigerator from Punky Brewster. Right, right. Well, that was like a weird thing too where <laughs> there was no like internet or like a uh, way to disseminate information. Yes. So like you kind of had to go to the big three. Like... That refrigerator door thing is so specific because I remember my parents telling me about it. Like, don't ever get into a fridge on the street. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I am a fat child. (laughs) The the only way I'm getting in a fridge is if a couple of bullies make me. (laughs) And uh, I was like, that's a major issue. And then like a couple of months later, the Punky Brewster episode aired. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it was just all like, you know, you learn about like race relations and like the gay jokes that used to be on those sitcoms. I mean, I guess inappropriate, but also like I learned about stuff from that. Yeah, it was. I guess they try to be a little more um, like less ham fisted with their lessons in sitcoms now. It's yeah. still like there's lessons about family or blackish, I think, does a good job with like some serious yeah. intent. Not that I watch that much of uh, modern sitcoms, but blackish, I've caught a few episodes and it's like they dealt with a police shooting. In oh, it. Yeah. yeah. And the election and yeah. like the activism stuff. I mean, I, I love I love that. And I'm glad there's some of that, but it's not this. But it is. You're right. I think it's because of like the Internet. There's also just so much quantity and not necessarily quality now which is like but back in the day you know you just had your basic like a a tv show had to be like we should make a we should make a stance here we should choose to be yeah yeah and we didn't have cable my town didn't get cable until i was in sixth grade this is naples this is my 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 mountain town um no belmont massachusetts they didn't we didn't have cable they didn't have cable come to town until like I don't know what what sometime in the ninety or whatever. We were a big TV fan. We were a big TV family. Like we watched um, Wheel of Fortune and we watched Jeopardy after dinner every night. If Mm -hmm. if my uh, my dad worked nights, but like the couple nights he was home, I did work nights. What time? What time did your dad go to work? He left at like one thirty and got home after midnight. He worked three to eleven in the city. Oh, okay. My my dad worked midnight to eight. Oh, okay. He, He was an electrical engineer on the subway system. Oh, my dad was a lighting technician on the uh, Fox 5 News. Well, look at so many lights. Yeah, look at that. A lot of lights. Hey. (laughs) Hey, look at all these lights. Uh, Uh, I also love that you call me a real Italian. (laughs) Yeah, well, because I am half Italian, but because my last name is Gabris, but culturally we like were raised italian like my dad doesn't know his real dad and his stepdad was german but um don't no need to get it arthur will you stop giving i kind of like it <laughs> i'm just letting the dog lick my hand yeah if you have lotion or condensation on your hand oh, he's yeah. gonna go to town kind of nice this is weird um <laughs> my wife lets lets him lick her feet which i think is gross but I it, mean- <laughs> um, maybe i should have edited that out of the podcast well, sorry Tiff. I, uh well my parents are both from italy and i always sort of you blamed that fact on the fact that i watch my sister and i watch so much television because i was like oh they're immigrants they don't know yeah i also think we were raised pre we're not talking ages on this podcast but we were raised pre like the uh the ideas of how bad tv could be yeah. You know what I mean? Like we were raised pre like bef- like 
we were raised where we just learned that smoking and drinking and driving were bad. Like yeah. before, like I before I was born, my mom smoked during pregnancy with me, and cops would tell. Like my dad would always be like, cops used to just say like, "All right, get home." <laughs> like, yeah. Like my dad's like, I like wrap my car around a parking meter when I was like seventeen, and the cop was like, "I was, I was there was like empty Heinekens all over the car," and the cop was like, "All right, son, get home. I'll I'll follow you. Make sure you get home safe." Yeah, I mean there. <laughs> I feel like there's a balance, though. Like I, you know, I'm not saying I want that to happen. We should anymore. be able to drink and drive. Let's be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh... you should be able to get an even cheaper than an Uber pool to have a drunk person pick you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Uber, uh, uh, tr- Uber, uh, Uber. I don't it's know. Uber and then a skull emoji. Yeah, it's like you might die. Um, but uh, you can like, follow all your friends to see how their drunk driving is going. This is horrible. But um, no, but I started watching Benny Hill with my family when I was like two. Like I remember That's amazing. And I was like such a perverted not at two, but like I was definitely like a perverted kid that like loved everything that had to do with like boobies. And yeah. That's why I loved Three's Company. Oh yeah. Three's Company was I mean, it, it was like, it, it was a porn with like the porn edited out. You know yeah, what I mean? It like, like it never like, fly today. Yeah, Those like, gay jokes? <laughs> never. It would never work today. I literally just talked about this on, I just recorded another, someone else's podcast this morning. And I was, we talked about Three's Company. And I want to be Mrs. Roper. Like I am not worried about aging anymore because my dream role is to just wear a muumu and be like, I'm horny Stanley. You know, like I, that's my, or I want to be like the inappropriate mom or aunt that's wearing like a leopard print bikini oh which, like a pig bundy's type kinda yeah like a like the like i want to be someone said this to me one time and i thought it was an insult and then i realized it was i took it as a compliment she was like i could see you being like a 48 year old woman in a pool wearing like a cheetah print swimsuit being like hello boys and i was like <laughs> thank you yeah, i would take that yeah. as a compliment <laughs> I am uh, I'm go- I am completely unfocused on this podcast now. I'm just picturing um, you as like a Fran Drescher type character. Yeah, yeah, and just being like, my husband doesn't give me what I want, you know. I'll have another white wine as long as you're bringing him out yeah. to like some young like biracial pool boy. Oh, yes. Which will be my son because my boyfriend is black. I don't know how dare you bring that up. Um, how <laughs> yeah, dare that would you? be. A, well, you you know you got him the gig. <laughs> yeah, I got him the gig. now he's bringing wine. A uh, very special episode about uh, disgusting things with your fam. And I learned about incest from Aunt yeah. Julia on the OWN Network. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I watched so. I mean, I would rush home after school to, and there was no rules about television. I, mean, I got home, I. Heated up a Celeste microwave pizza, plot myself. <laughs> Mama down. Celeste side up, you're getting a job. Mama Celeste side down, I'm getting a job. That's <laughs> Wait, from that? Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh. I don't know why that Celeste pizza is stuck in my head forever because of that. Yeah. They flip a pizza to decide who gets a job, and Christina oh, Applegate loses. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would, yeah, I would heat that up, and then I'd uh, just watch. Used to watch like Santa Barbara or General Hospital soap operas. Okay, and then um, I would go right into whatever the after school evening. Well, after school, yeah, but then like it was the eight o'clock to ten o'clock thing. Oh yeah, your must see TVs and whatnot. Yeah, Yeah. and then so when I was in, um, so I went to Catholic school, kindergarten, first and second grade, and then the school closed down. And my dad was like, why the hell am I paying for private school anyways? When we grew up in like a good town. Yeah. So I switched to third grade to uh public school and i love i talked about tv all the time and everyone was like really weirded out and then there was this thing we had to do where you would get like the front bulletin board like every student would get it for like two weeks and you'd do like an about me and my entire about me was clippings from you know like in the newspaper you would get like the fake tv guide yes yes it was like one day's worth of tv guide. so i mean the entire board (laughs) there was no activities it was just like tv 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 and i gave this whole presentation about tv and then the kids started to be like hey julia what's on tonight i'm like well eight o'clock okay it's tuesday okay so it's who's the boss followed by and i would like tell them the tv and they started calling me human tv guide and i was flattered until another kid was was like Julia you know they're making fun of you right and I was like but it's so cool that I know so much about TV and they were like it's gonna come in handy forever yeah I know and they were like so I guess they thought it was weird because I didn't like do sports or like read a book or whatever the look of disdain on your face during the words sports and books yeah said a little too much well I mean it takes what 
a month to read a book you know how many yeah. tv shows you could watch <laughs> yeah fuck dude i god help me i wish i now that with my like i just netflix lets you download stuff onto your uh phone now really so you don't have to stream everything some stuff is available for download and now i'm like i watched like 12 episodes of love on a round trip flight to new york i'm oh, like oh nice. i'm gonna be so efficient because i I unfortunately consider getting things off the DVR count as getting work done. I agree with you. But I think, well, but when you work, I haven't watched the second season of Love, so let's not talk about it yet. No spoilers. But um, but it does, I mean, there's a reason why I work in TV and want to continue to work in yeah. TV and create TV. I mean, I, I know TV. Right. I think, though, at some point, it's a law of diminishing returns with how much you watch. And... I think it's we are lying to ourselves. I definitely lie to myself a little bit about how important it is for me to be watching movies. And like, I'll be like watching a Steven Seagal movie on Netflix that was like straight to DVD. And I'd be like, this is important for my career. Oh. And I'm like shirking responsibilities, like not writing, not doing shows because I'm just fucking watching television. I'm like, okay, I break some, uh, you know, I'm lying to myself a little bit. With okay, that. so you're in a different level than I am. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> You're I, like, oh, I'm a functioning member of society. <laughs> well, I have my relationship with TV now is it's definitely an activity that I do with my boyfriend. Yes, that's so. Like, I've been in LA. I live in New York, so I've been in LA for a few weeks. So I haven't had my TV space. So I've watched two shows in two weeks, oh. just two episodes. Like, I haven't even wa I watched Pretty Little Lies. Oh, okay. Because um, my boyfriend and I agreed that we could watch that separately. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Sorry. Yes, yeah, Big yeah. Little Lies. I just, yeah, I'm all caught up on that. It's good. It's good. They better start, shit better start happening soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the rest of our programs, we're going to save up and watch. To, like, and, and it's it's like a treat. Like, now I treat it like a treat at the end of the night. Like, I'll go do my spots. I usually ask if I can go up early so, so I, can I can get, get home, home. <laughs> and watch TV. And then I get home at like 10 and I meet my boyfriend also. He's a comic. So he'll like be like, I'm second. I'm like, cool. I'll meet you at the apartment at 10. <laughs> Just like have a LaCroix and some popcorn and like watch about three hours of TV. And I couldn't be happier. I like nothing more. Like last night, my wife and I landed flying from New York and it was Monday. So we missed our Sunday night TV, which is always like the biggest uh, buildup of your DVR. And we were yeah. like, we were like, all right. Here's the order. Girls, yes. then Big Little Lies, yes. then John Oliver. And we we're like, yeah. okay, we got it. And we were like on the flight home, like, oh, I can't wait to get home. to. And it's like the the show Girls is very good. I enjoy it a lot. The season's excellent. The season is excellent. The last two seasons have been fantastic. I thought it dipped for a little bit. Um, but that doesn't matter as much as like when – it's a show we both like. Yeah. So there's like so the, the energy behind watching an episode of Girls or Big Little Lies is like, we have a lot of shows we like in common, but then we definitely have some shows that I'm like sort of making us watch. And then we have some shows yeah. that she's sort of making mm -hmm. us watch. And the energy behind like a full-blown cooperative show is like, like we were like, hurry up, hurry up, sit down. Let's put on yeah, Girls. Yeah. And it's like, it's we're watching it on HBO Go. It's not like we need like- Exactly. There's yeah. no, the, the show that Will and I- binged hard on like I don't think I've ever done this much of a marathon was peep show oh I love peep I show. I hadn't I had always been a little like eh, about Brit because when people were like British the British office is better than the US yeah. office but I I didn't agree I liked the US office better yeah so that was my then I decided that I would feel that way about all British comedy right did you see the US office first yeah. Yeah, that'll so maybe, do it too. Yeah. yeah. But um so someone told me about Peep Show and we watched it and it was like in last winter, I think. I mean, I don't know that we left the house for a while. Like we it is so fucking funny. And it was nice because we work in this industry. Yeah. I, I really don't have I don't kind of past I mean, I still feel I'm human, so I'll have jealousy once in a while. But, but you know nobody in the show. But I know nobody yes. in the show. Because the problem with seeing people, you know, on, on shows, I truly am, ha like, the more people I see that I know, the more real things feel. It's actually not a negative feeling right. anymore. Yeah. However, sometimes it's hard if I know the person too well because I don't believe the character. Yeah, or it takes you out of the show a little bit. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, that's crazy that Joe Mandy is playing the yeah. love interest or whatever. You know? Exactly. But with a British show, it's like, so we, that, God, Peep Show had me like 
dying. Oh, I feel the way that way about Mighty Boosh. I I really like Peep Show. I've but never seen Mighty Boosh. Mighty Boosh was my favorite. I watched. I got like they're like fifteen minute episodes. They were all, um, it's a British? British, yeah, British comedy duo, and I turned it on and I was like, I love this show. And then I watched four seasons off of. I, I never pay for stuff. I usually am like, oh, I'll wait for it to come out this way or figure out a way to watch it. All right, I just bought f- all four seasons on iTunes. Like click, 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 yeah. click, and I just watched them all. I have like I have them on a hard drive, and I was like, I might pull them off and rewatch them soon because it's just such a fucking. Ooh. Okay. And I felt the same way. I was like, it's just, I, I had seen the British office and some other British comedy shows and I was a big Monty Python kid growing up, but Mighty Boosh was just so silly and so weird. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is a show. It feels like it's being shot in my mind. You know, it was oh, like such so an cool. awesome, yeah. Have you seen Chewing Gum? It's a British no, show. No, but I've, that, that's on Netflix now. People oh, have been recommending it. Totally. It fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, do did you see now we're just now we're just having the conversation we would have waiting to go up at a, a comedy store I know. <laughs> like at a comedy oh, like, where it's just like have you seen this no yeah. and then until we find one we've all seen then we can go yeah yeah and then everyone's just slowly shutting yeah. off the podcast <laughs> yeah, that's fine like- that's like a big theme in this show <laughs> <laughs> if they're still listening now more power to them yeah. have you watched fleabag Yes. Of course. I feel like you would really like Fleabag I, based on your taste yeah, in comedy. I appreciate that because like I had a couple a uh, couple of meetings I've had over the past year. The people have been like, you like you're writing rem-, like they associated me with Fleabag, yeah, which I took as such a compliment. As you should. Yeah. Um, I'm well, not saying, oh, God, I hope I didn't sound obnoxious, but I'm like, oh, cool. I, it was it's nice when people recognize what shows you would be like a good Right, writer for or what your yeah. style is. Like, I believe the term people use is wheelhouse. Yeah, <laughs> that shit in my wheelhouse. Fleabag is totes in your wheelhouse. Yeah, totes wheelhousey. Yeah. Uh, Detour. I have not watched <gasps> Detour, but I have uh, been recommended that a few times. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then this uh, the path. The uh, the Aaron Paul like cult uh, yeah. Hulu series I have not watched. Uh, see that that's the other thing too. There's there's like so much, and you you need to gain critical mass. You need like 15 people now to tell you that a show is really good before yeah. you can like. If you're all like, there's like, I've wasted so many weird like. I watched all of Sons of Anarchy like after it. I don't want to. Yeah, and it was like this was really fun, but it took up. It got to be like that was our like popcorn where we would be like, "Holy shit, we've got watched three hours of this fucking show, and it's like not good." <laughs> yeah, people are. Con- I mean, the amount of hate—not hate, but just like eye rolling when I say I've never watched Game of Thrones. I tried. I just can't. I don't really like period pieces. Yeah, even if that period is a fantastical period, it's still like. Do you, you watch it? Yeah, I love it. But mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the books of the of the song Ice and Fire, the series before the. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you can see by my bookshelves and uh, art, I'm a little bit of a fantasy nerd. Although mostly the shit I just pointed out is a map of Long Island and pictures of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a raging narcissist and have an insane amount of pride for Long Island for some awful reason. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I um no, I mean I like you know I think because I was raised on those classic things. Like I can still watch. The Golden Girls, it's, by far, of all the old sitcoms, the number one one that still works. Because like I've watched old Three's Companies now as an yeah. adult, and I still like I I enjoy seeing the outfits and the characters and like that kind of stuff. But it doesn't. The, Golden Girls still can make you laugh. Golden Girls still makes me cry laughing. It's the these women have insane timing and the writing is very good. And it's so infuriating that there has not been another series. Oh, you mean Hollywood hasn't greenlit something that features three older women? Just yeah, Unless older. it's three 35-year-old women, call it Cougar Town. <laughs> it's I like, know. That's like the worst thing is like the lineage of, uh, it goes from Golden Girls to Cougar Town. It's like, this is as old as women get now on TV. <laughs> it's that's like, why I'm not going to give up like on that. It's like beautiful 40-year-old women. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not giving up on that dream role, even if I'm 60 and I'm in that moo being like, Stanley, yeah. fuck me. That's the problem with this business is that I keep convincing myself to stick around because I'm like, when I'm 50, I'm even more dad roles, weird uncle roles. Yeah. I guess I guess maybe my success will come 15 years from now. It's yeah. like you could easily keep, and I said this when I was 25 about being 35. <laughs> and I just keep pushing off my own success going like, well, what, soon like 
I'll be like Kevin James type. You know? yeah. I just like keep making up types for myself of successful people. I was thought I was going to be a Seth Rogen type, but now I guess I'm more a Kevin James type as I keep getting older. <laughs> and then you're going to be like a what? What's an yeah. older? <laughs> I'm going to be like, uh, what's his name? White Shadow, the uh, president of SAG who just died. Ken Howard. Oh. I'm going to end up being like... <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I'm a Cheech Marin type by the time. Yeah. Uh, what shows did you like grow up watch? Like what was in concert? This is how much TV I watched. I had a before school TV uh, like ritual. Oh, well, I don't know how. I mean, I think we would have like morning news on. But what was really on before? I mean, Brady Bunch was on during the day. Yeah. Um, so that was great on like half days or, or when I was like homesick. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I think also, I'm trying to remember because like I, I think I'm young, too young to, like, I think things like different strokes and facts of life were on in syndication. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, cause yeah, I, I wasn't, yeah. Cause when I was young, the shows I would watch at like eight o'clock at night were like, um, Family Matters. Yeah. The, the, you're, uh, um, Golden Girls. Golden Girls was on, but in the Family Matters block was like step by step, step by step. Well, it went Family Matters, mm. then no, no, no. I'm sorry, it went Perfect Strangers. Oh right, uh, Family Matters. Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, and then it was step by step with Cody. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Wait, wasn't step by step at nine thirty? What was at nine? I, ooh, it was something. There was that was like pre must see TV. Was that right? Oh, Full House. Full House was in that run too, wasn't it? Was it? No. I thought so. I thought oh, Full House maybe. and Family Matters were in the same block because because I always thought that Step by Step was so similar to Full House. Oh, okay, yeah. And then when well, I know Saturday was Amen. Oh, I never watched Amen. Or no, two two seven then Amen. Okay. Then Golden Girls and Empty Nest. <laughs> that was my fave. Okay, that was your fave. Because I think I was in the next round of television after that. Cause okay. Because I, I feel like that pre that predates me by a little bit. Like I was more like growing up watching uh, Married with Children. Oh uh, yeah, that was Sunday. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Simpsons, uh, Herman's yeah. Head, Married with Children, yes. like all that. Blah, blah. I specifically remember Married with Children was Sunday because Sunday usually was like fam like a family day. Our family would go to the mall <laughs> and the beach in the summer, the mall in the winter, and yeah. my dad would just like preacher choir. Yeah, like, say sit, no more. <laughs> yeah, sit on a bench, uh, disgruntled. Why me and my sister and mom would be like shopping um and then we would usually come home and sunday we would have like like we'd have like a liner like a big lunch dinner so we'd eat at like three so by the time married children was coming on it was snack time so i being the young uh italian that i was i would put together an antipasto plate i'm not even kidding i would just like i'd roll. make fresh calamari managa. yeah i would like get like marinated mushrooms and artichokes and like salami put my, make myself a platter grab my two liter bottle of seven up i don't know how i wasn't an obese kid but i just wasn't and then i would plop down and watch married with children and my dad would watch it with me and then he'd try to eat my antipasto i'd be like it's mine like and it was just that antipasto was... and seven up to Lacroix and popcorn I you know. have grown you went from such a little Italian uh, peasant <laughs> child to a full-grown hipster white adult. Oh, no. <laughs> LaCroix and, and Smart Pop? Or <laughs> I know. Once in a while, I'll, I'll get like a baguette and some olive oil and some salami, but I mean, my body can't... We can't do it. No, you're, do you're it preaching to the choir that's like me and my wife eat like charcuterie like five days a week oh, <laughs> it's like we're gonna die <laughs> oh i love it. i'm gonna have a i already know what i'm getting after this podcast there's a bacon sandwich that i'm craving <laughs> i'm not i've been thinking about it the whole time we've been talking i'm getting a chicken cob salad from a local place because <laughs> i need to downshift hard <laughs> i was just in long island for a christening uh while we're having uh insanely italian stories i flew back to long island to go to a christening and uh you know the after party was, of course, at an Italian restaurant on the water, which is the uh, the highest of class on yeah. Long Island. It's like they've got great ravioli and it's on the water. Yeah, that's yeah. how you know it's a classy joint. So we had all this antipasto that they put out, cold and hot antipasto, before the 
meal, uh, you know, pasta course, all the classic uh, suburb, suburban Italian restaurant shit. But then my mom being like, you know, whatever you want to call her, she was like, well, was there leftover antipasta? And the guy was like, yeah, well, we, and she was like, well, we want it. We paid for it. <laughs> so we took home yes. like, we took home like six containers of cold and hot antipasta. Of course you did. And then heated it up that night like six hours later and ate it all. And so I am like, I can't have salted meat for like another day and a half. Uh, yeah. The whole like, where's the rest of our food? A hundred percent. Also, so you, you call it antipast. Yeah. No pasto? No, I, I don't know. That's how we call it. We have like- Or that, antipasta. Yeah. We have that weird like Italian uh, thing where like, they don't say the last syllable on a lot of the stuff. Yeah, we because we, we don't say either. like galamar in our house and like supersad and uh, but we don't say salam. We say salami, but we we keep the vowel at the end of foods. My mom does shorten names all the time. Oh, it's yeah. really funny. Like she'll be like say uh, like oh <laughs> she'll be like there's a place called Market Basket in <laughs> Boston. And she'll be like. Uh, tomorrow we gotta go out uh, there and mark a busk and I uh, gotta buy the yeah and I, I don't know why it makes me laugh so hard that's so funny she's like she doesn't have time to say et yeah twice please yeah. not in one sentence yeah Yarish. mark a busk yeah we uh, say like we have like the mozzarella like we don't say mozzarella for some it, reason that makes my skin crawl I, I don't understand why that's the way like my mom is Italian. Her whole side of the family is Italian. My dad's side of the family was not. But for some reason, all these weird... My dad's side of the family was like all cooks and deli workers. Uh, so there's uh-huh. like a weird... That's our crossover is cold cuts. Yeah. So it's it like... It brings people together. Cold cuts, cold cuts is literally the thing that kept me alive. Uh, uh, get, like kept my family going. Like I, I've said this before and I've done it a bunch on stage. But my dad literally was like, you should make a sandwich. Make yeah. yourself a sandwich. You going out tonight? You have a quick sandwich. Coming yeah. home? Have a quick sandwich. Was just always like eat a sandwich, and yeah. like they we they held boar's head in such high regard in our house. <laughs> like not even like fancy like, oh you got the cabagol and the super sauce. Like it was like my dad like was like we got good boar's head ham sliced thin, boar's head American cheese sliced thick. That's all you need, you know. Nice. Yeah, we were such a weird Colcott's family. We, I mean, I my just had, my house had no rules about TV or food. So yeah, when would. I would, and I remember what I remember the day that I felt shame about the antipasto was, uh, I think I was about 12 at this, maybe 11. I think it was 11. My sister's four years older. She's 15. So, you know, she's a teenager now. This is when you start. If you're a girl, uh, I really learned about math from a subs- obsessively counting calories as a teenager. <laughs> what uh, a sad, harsh way to I have know, to learn right? I was like terrible in school, but then if someone asked me what I had for breakfast, I'd be like 413 calories <laughs> uh, as I vomited Put it out. complete breakfast. But, um, I got to go in the room and do cardio. <laughs> yeah, but my sister, I remember her, because she was like, you know, becoming a teenager and like starting to care about that stuff. I had put together a huge platter of, of antipasto <laughs> yes. to go watch my programs. And she was like, you're gross. It was like 11 p.m. It's was- funny that you were like a 80-year-old Italian housewife <laughs> when you were five. I know. I was like an 80-year-old Italian grandpa. Yeah. yeah and like yeah. she was like, I just had Sit like- down with grappa and a- Yeah. And like, she's like, you're gross. And I just have like salami dripping on my mind. I'm like, gross, gross. Like, gross. <laughs> and then I would go hump a beanbag chair because I was also a horny little kid. I was just such a fucking You really kid. were an old Italian man. Oh, I was just, I was so disgusting. And I was like, why don't I have a boyfriend? It's like maybe because you have like salami cheese. coming out of your mouth and beanbags falling yeah. out of your crotch. Who doesn't want to hook up with this? Come on, baby. Um, I was a big before school uh, because uh, that was actually the time we would see my dad was in the mornings because he worked uh, like those off hours and we didn't see him after he was gone when we came home from school. So you were saying like you had no rules about food and TV. We had so many rules in our house, oh. but we were so often alone. So it was like we were like um like what not lost boys what's the uh Oh um, latchkey kids? Yeah, we were latchkey kids, but what's the book? Oh, Lord of the Flies. We were like Lord uh-huh. of the Flies. Like my mom and dad would be like, "All right, mom doesn't get home till 7. Dad doesn't get home from midnight. You get home from school at 3:15. Take care of yourselves." And it would be like primal. It would be yeah. like we would eat like six boxes of Cheez-Its and then like watch a bunch of TV and then like put, set something on fire in the street. <laughs> like we were like Oh god. But we would watch 
hours of television unbroken, like foregoing uh, homework, foregoing anything we had to do, or video games. So it was like the two things. And like it just kept us out of trouble enough that my parents never fought back on TV. Yeah. They would come home and we'd be like, <laughs> you know, like we got, I remember when we got a TV in our room when we were super young. So this would be like, uh, late 80s, early 90s. It didn't have a remote. It had like a push-pull yes, start. Yes, I had that too. And my brother had a toy rifle by his bed that he could reach out and push the button in to shut it off when my dad got home at midnight. Like my mom would make us go to sleep at like nine because we had school the next day. Yeah. And we would just watch TV with the volume super low, like just listening to it until we heard the key, my dad's keys. So we were staying up till 12 oh, every me night. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, yeah, a little black and white TV. We had a TV in almost every, we had a, TV in almost every room of the house. We had one with a TV on in the kitchen while we ate dinner because God forbid we talk. <laughs> and um, also dinner was seven minutes long because we'd yeah. just be like, rah, 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 you know, and um, <laughs> Saturday nights, this is when I was real young uh, at seven o'clock. I think it was seven o'clock or eight o'clock, seven o'clock. Uh, solid gold would come on. Ooh, I mean, yeah. I'm talking like when I was real little and my dad would without fail as soon as Marilyn McCoo came on she was like the sexy lead black dancer yeah um my supposedly you know anti uh, interracial couples dad <laughs> would get up from his seat you know douse his uh, you know chug his his house wine and then just like sat like stand in front of the tv be like daddy we can't see the tv and he's like oh i love these dancers and you're just like oh god um there's always that weird element to old racist people where they're like but that black chick is beautiful yeah and now i have a black boyfriend and he's like he's cool i'm like yeah i know Uh, guess what a lot of them are yeah yeah and uh but you know we just we always had the tv on it was like what bonded us yeah we would watch jeopardy after dinner that was a big thing we would try to if if a night my dad and mom were both home we try to eat dinner at like 6 40 to be done to watch jeopardy at seven nice we were um you know we were supposed to be i was a smart kid so that was like a, a good marrying where my parents felt like they were helping my life by letting us watch Je- like it was like tv that they thought was helpful like right like, oh well we'll watch jeopardy that doesn't count as watching if you're just jamming in processed vet frozen vegetables yeah. while you watch jeopardy that's like the peak of health and mental and physical <laughs> yeah. health in my childhood <laughs> well my mom super overprotective like typical italian mom like you know just very anxious and so she loved that i liked watching tv so much because it kept, it kept me kept home. home yeah my mom was a big that was big for joanne valentino as well she was huge into like uh just why don't you stay home with your friends come on have yeah. your friend, why don't you have your friends here so i can keep an eye on you and you, yeah you can't drink or you can't do blank or you can't yeah, yeah. so was, i would stay home and i was like cool you know and i would <laughs> and i loved it i know i fuck i love when like the living room TV got upgraded when my dad was like, I want to get a bigger TV. We were like, yes. Yeah. The biggest thing was we were so, we were moving the summer in between my summer in between fifth and sixth grade, which is a brutal time to move um, to a totally new town. And the house we were moving into had this giant cabinet uh, TV, like one of those TVs that predates flat screen. So it's, but it was like a projection screen. So it was, 40 something inches, but maybe 900 pounds. Like it took up like a whole corner of my parents' living room. And we were moving into the house and we were like, all we cared about was how big that TV was. And my parents were like, well, you're going to go to a new school. And we were like, is that TV going to be there? <laughs> to the point where my dad, like uh, we later learned, had to like overpay the resident. Like there was no way they were going to take that TV with them. It was too big. But my dad still like they because we brought it up so many times in front of the people we're buying the house from and stuff, my dad had to like overpay like $800 just to keep that TV so we could be happy. Like, And then we were like moving. We were like, yes, the big living room TV. And then it was like one of those TVs that's so hard to see when the windows are open because oh, like no. the sun knocks it out and it's like kind of a shitty picture, but it's huge. I used to sit so close. Close to the TV. My mom would get so mad at me. The second she left the room, I'd go right back up to it. I feel like our generation is the generation of kids who had like a a piece of white tape on the floor in front of the uh, play in the playroom in our basement where we where was like our playroom. We had a piece of tape that was like you're not allowed to sit in front of it while you play video games because it would be like you you could only picture what my wife called it out recently where I was like stoned just playing uh, Xbox in the living room and she's like, I don't mind that you play video games, but I 
cannot see that face when I walk in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just like dead eyed, slack jawed. I'm like, imagine you're a parent and your kid is sitting like four inches from a TV, just visual visibly melting their mind and yeah. ocular cavities. <laughs> You're currently listening to a podcast, so I'm assuming you've heard of Blue Apron. But did you know that Blue Apron is uh, has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers? So seafood is sourced sustainably under st- uh, standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. Produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. So this is like, you know, we're getting food the ethical way. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. and 99.5% of food deserts. God, I don't know what a food desert is. But I have no desire to live there. And because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient, there's no food waste. So they're reducing food waste, getting the food. And you guys know cooking cooking is like a, a better way to eat. You know, you cook together, you build your family bonds. And it's cheaper. It comes out to like $10 a person for a delicious home-cooked meal. We got somebody here. Listen to some of these upcoming meals we got here. Um, spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salada. Sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. And then here's one for Uncle Gabris. Parmesan crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. I might skip the fettuccine because I'm not really a pasta head, but that Parmesan crusted chicken sounds awesome. Guys, get yourself on Blue Apron. Trust me. Me and my wife cook some great stuff. Um, we're still doing it. It's really great. It's less than ten dollars a person per meal. Um, trust me, the portion sizes are decent. <laughs> I'm not lying. I, you would you would know. I would complain about that. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/mighty. Three meals free with free shipping. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com/mighty. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Why don't you have a website? Listen, why don't you have a website? No matter what you do, you should have a website. And you should build that website with Squarespace. It's easy. It's an all-in-one platform. It's got award-winning customer service. We're talking you can set up your unique domain. And you you can make any kind of website. Uh, Photography portfolio, uh, blog. Maybe for the younger people, a blog is like a YouTube channel but with words instead of video. Um, You could make a website that's just cute Boston Terriers that are humping throw pillows. I would definitely take a look at that one. Or cleavagey pictures of waitresses. No, actually, you know, obviously everyone has to be consenting. I'm just thinking out loud about websites that might do well. Look, do yourself a favor. Use Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's let's do it, people. Uh, you know, I haven't had an email from a listener in a little bit with a website they made on Squarespace. I'll shout it out on the next episode. Hit me with it. You know, high and mighty podcast at gatebrist.com. Send me your uh, website. I'll take a look at it and I'll shout it out. Um, start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code mighty to get 10% off your first purchase. That's right. Start your free trial today, squarespace.com. Offer code mighty and you get 10% off your entire first purchase. So if I'm home, I often will put on the TV, mm-hmm. not watching it. I just like the noise. Same. And it soothes me. It, it makes like I, I sometimes get a little uncomfortable when I mean, I guess I could put on music. Yeah. But there's something about the TV hum uh. that I find safe. And I think it's because TVs were on in my house all the time yeah i used to have a tv in in this office that i would just put on while i quote unquote worked yeah and then i was like i think i have to get rid of it because like yeah i was like watching netflix here a tv there like i was just like so in over my head i was like get rid of the fucking tv because i'm the same way i music podcasts i feel like i need to constantly be hearing some sort of yes and then you live in new york city for a long time then move to la and it's a little quieter and you live in like the suburbs and you're like fuck i miss like constant chatting yeah. and, and racket well yeah. i tend to i can't really write with the tv on but i do better writing at a coffee shop yeah because there's still that noise complete silence is like but i mean the thing the thing i miss about tv a lot is um breaking news yeah and specials remember like on c was it cbs when they do like um it'd be like a holiday episode like charlie brown's christmas and they'd have that whirly yes uh 
rainbow thing like it was a special and i i miss that like i miss that you can you know i guess it's good that you can go back and like see that moment on snl on your laptop but Oh, it was so special to like gather around the TV. Yeah, or like the, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, Treehouse of Horror episodes come to mind. Is like growing up a Simpsons fan. It's like this week is the Halloween yeah. episode. It's like we got to be sitting down five minutes before it starts. We got to be yeah. ready to go. Yeah, it was so great. And now, like, I'll try to sometimes I'll put on morning TV, like you know Today Show or whatever, yeah. and those the. There's the TV show, and then there's like scrolling news, and then there's sometimes two things of scrolling news, and I'm like, no, 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 like this isn't. It's too much. It's too much. It's upsetting to like put on like a TV channel, like a show like that, when they're like, it's going so fast, like they're jamming so much into four hours for uh, of television for the Today Show, where it's like, up next, someone's gonna show us how to make pasta carbonara the healthy way using spaghetti squash, but before that. Her and her brother were raped by their teacher, yeah. and it's like, how are these? And then, and then when the people come on, they're like, okay, cool. So show us how you make that. All right, we're running out of time. Yes. Okay, quick to the rape kids. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah. <laughs> why do they? There was a segment once, and I, I always, I always wanted to do something with it, but I didn't know what. But there was truly a segment on the Today Show. It was how to get ready for a party in under two minutes, and I was like, when the like dressed for a party (laughs) when the hell are you ever gonna be like at home lounging you're gonna call that was like quick party (laughs) two minutes you cannot be late you cannot be late (laughs) and so what they did was they had like four stations set up with four regular women wearing like skin colored spanks so they were just like they're vulnerable and they're like they're undergarments. like professor good body yeah of and then on a mannequin next to them was a party outfit and they would start the clock and they had to and so these women are just like man, like manically like throwing on like pantyhose and like a, a, a necklace and then the expert would come out and be like see what Carla did was she put on a dress but with this statement necklace it only took two seconds to add and I was like this isn't how is she an ex? This is like a disaster. Also, who keeps their clothes on mannequins? This is not good training. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you undress a woman who's standing next to you. It's yeah. like, quick, put on my outfit for the party. Yeah, and the amount of spanks, like constricting, body shaping gear they all had on. Oh, where so I'm upsetting. like, well, were they just wearing that around the house when the call for the party came? <laughs> you know, like who Thank needs- God I'm sitting here fully nude and... Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Build it piece by piece. Oh, it's so weird. That's very... I, I, going back uh, to one of the weirdest things I remember seeing on TV, I don't know why this matters. I watched an episode of Oprah with uh, Guinness uh, World Record Breakers. Oh, And I saw a dude go through a glass table on a pogo stick. Like he... Oh, it, the back, back it up. I'm not positive this is even real or if I'm blending two episodes together. But this dude comes out and they're like, this is the hottest pepper in the world. And it's like, that's a Guinness. And then this guy, he has over 40 Guinness Book of Records. He has 40 world records, the most pogo sticks, for the blah, blah, blah. He goes, hot pepper, it's all mind over matter and takes a bite of the hot pepper. And then he's like, a minute later, he's like severely distraught. Oh, like no. he's like weeping and sweating and it's like really upsetting. So they like cut to commercial. He comes... And then he comes back and they're all saying goodbyes or whatever. And then he comes hopping in on a pogo stick to like, and he fucking flies through like the big coffee table. Not on purpose? I can't, I can't even imagine if it was on purpose. In hindsight, it was probably some like, you know, a a guy trying to attempt to make the first viral video or something like that. Oh, and that's the other thing too is everything's a viral video now. Like it takes it out of the moment. I've always been so curious about those Guinness World Record things because again on the Today Show, they had a girl who I think I don't know if it was jump I think it was jump roping. She was gonna break a record and she failed. But what I didn't understand was how do you discover like maybe I've broken a record. Right, right. You know, like <laughs> like maybe drinking the most LaCroix in a day, maybe petting a dog for X amount of hours. Like how does somebody come up with like I think you just gotta search that and then be like I I get some dude from Guinness to stand there and watch you slam LaCroix all yeah, evening. Just, I guess. And not pee. <laughs> just burping and <laughs> Yeah, it makes me think of the Brady Bunch episode where they were trying to do the seesaw Guinness World Record. Oh, yeah. Bobby and Cindy. <laughs> and they were falling asleep on the seesaw. <laughs> so good. Uh, growing up, the 
and I'll use this TV as a babysitter thing to talk about my origin story as a comedian. Growing up, A&E played Evening at the Improv um, from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. every morning on like whatever, Channel 44 or whatever that was. And I, when I got a TV in my room, I wouldn't have to leave for school till like 7.15, but I'd get up at 6 a.m. and watch one hour of rotating random stand-up wow. comedians. And on the on the commercials run and jump in the shower, come back and dry off in front of the TV. And then on the next commercial, run and eat cereal, then come running back. For, and I would like get ready only in commercial breaks for like an hour while I watched. Com- and that was like junior year of high school. It wasn't even like super young. Oh, wow. And I just was like, got, I was a comedy fan. You know, I loved comedy movies. I memorized Cable Guy and uh, all, you know, just standard young boy comedy nerd shit. But then I just watched so many different standups of various uh, skill levels. And I was like, and then my dad would be like, oh, what are you watching? I'm like, some guy named Richard Belzer. And my dad would be like, oh, the Belzer is like, a, he's got a big comedian. You should listen to this album. And I'd be like, you know, I just kept learning Whoa. more and more. And I was just, I, in high, it wasn't until I was like 25 that I was like, oh, that's probably why I got into comedy. I, if the first thing you do in the morning for an entire year is watch an hour of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. then go to school and then try to be funny and quick and class clowny. You know, I just like it, it designed me as a person in that. Yeah. 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 I wasn't people, you know, I, I wasn't a kid that watched, I did watch like occasionally the stand up shows that they would have on at night. And I honestly, I don't think I've ever said this and I, it's but like, I especially got irritated with like the women in bow ties. And I remember just thinking like stand up was, I was like, eh. like I wasn't that yeah. into well, it. Th- there's a very early case of like, not a lot of white, white people get to say this, but women are one of them. Like the lack of representation of like, if it's only like uh, aggressively lesbian female or like the, the sort of style of female comic style wise with yeah. like big sh- broad shoulders and so like that's uh, broad shouldered outfits not like builds but like that's the biggest like way to go like well I'm not like her at all yeah <laughs> that's, that's how I felt as a kid I did lucky, love luckily as a fat white guy there's been uh, comic <laughs> representation as long as uh, they've been recording comedy yeah but I I did connect strongly to like anyone who had uh, puppets <laughs> oh, I mean I, I did uh, who's the guy Je- Jeff Dunham that- yeah because he was around he's been around forever I feel like yeah oh i loved him as a kid but what i what i got excited about more with comedy in addition to like three's company benny hill 100 percent was um also my parents loved rodney dangerfield but i uh um really connected to the eddie murphy special oh yeah because i would watch saturday night live and i but i don't remember a lot like because it was so much but i my sister and i watched that eddie murphy best of snl yeah tape we had it over and over and over again and like I would so here I am it's like I don't know how old whatever year it was out I'm impersonating Eddie Murphy impersonating James Brown so I'm this like tiny little girl after I had my antipasto and fucked a chair I would go and be like it's hot in the hot tub too hot too hot in the hot tub I'd pretend I was a black man impersonating a black man oh yeah good thing you didn't see Eddie Murphy delirious when I did when I was like 10 and I was like Mr. T's a faggot Oh, like yeah. doing all these like <laughs> hyper offensive bits that and like my parents are like laughing because a yeah. kid is like I was like oh you, you don't want to get no AIDS lip like oh. I was just doing shit that I had no and then like <laughs> like I was so obsessed with Eddie when I was a kid because of because of that uh, SNL special and then it, that turned me on to his stand up yeah. which were like if you quote I went to like a, a my elementary school was like white people were the minority and I like watched Eddie Murphy and since I was a comedy nerd I could bond with uh, all the like cool black kids that way and I'd yeah. be like I knew all Eddie's material I'd be like Mr. G.I. Joe going underwater trying to find out where the bubble came from you know and they'd be like yeah and then in hindsight what I'm doing is standing to a group of black kids doing a white a white comedian doing a black voice yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like this oh. is awful (laughs) well we watched my it again to go back to like my dad and his really and this is a very common thing in italian households of like oh you know there's the illusion that italian people are racist but it's italian people and black people at least i've found from my experience lots of similarities oh yeah and like we my dad's our family's favorite shows we loved sanford and son the jeffersons like Mm -hmm. 
like my dad is the Italian Fred Sanford, a hundred percent. My dad, every time the bill comes and my parents, even we always go to places where my mom has a coupon. So like the bill for four people is $30. It's nothing, right? My dad grabs the bill every single time and he goes, huh, Elizabeth, it's the big one. And he does the fake heart attack and he does it every time. And so me, my sister, my mom have seen this forever. So, you know, we're like, huh, you know, but what's great is when whenever I've dated someone new, they're seeing it for the first time. So Will, again, who I mentioned, he's black. So I especially <laughs> was like, oh, by the way, because he and I, my boyfriend and I really connected on TV too. Right. And and I was like, oh, I used to watch all this, this black shows. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, he's like, this is an uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And I told him. I used him, to love cops. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I told him about my, it was like, you know, I warned him of the dad thing. And so sure enough, we all go out to eat and my dad does it. I mean, you would have thought that Will was like a baby that saw, you know, like Elmo for the, like, just like he <laughs> thought lost it was, shit. lost it. And then my dad's, when my dad's like, oh, I like this guy, you know, like. <laughs> well, Will thinks I'm funny, yeah, so I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Oh, uh, here, here's one last, t- I remember TV bonding me. Uh, uh, here's another story. Um, when I was in fourth grade, um, this kid, uh, Danny Tannenbaum, who I thought was like a cool kid in my class, uh, was like, oh, he was like doing like cornholio, you know, like yeah. TV for my bunghole. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, have you never watched Beavis and Butthead? And I was like, no. And the name burned in my head. I was like, Beavis and Butthead is a show? <laughs> and I was like, I have to watch a show. He's like, it's on MTV. I'm like, what time? He's like, I don't know. And because it was like, I was living in my, oh, maybe it was in sixth grade uh, or fifth grade because I was living with my grandpa at the time. And I would go back to my grandpa's house and I didn't fully understand his cable box or whatever. And I would just have MTV on. And then like I would know to like, it was the, su- it, like when it was the summer, it'd be like playing outside. And then like every half hour, it'd be like, it could be on right now. You didn't have a TV guide? We we didn't for some, for some, there was some kind of thing where I could not figure out like maybe MTV wasn't listening to TV guide or like it w- this was only for a couple of days before TV guide came. I just remember I could not figure out what time because oh, what I was kids on. today have it so easy with their <laughs> Googles. I would just literally check the television every half hour to see and then be like, yeah. oh, Eon Flux, what's this? Oh, you know, I hated like, Eon this, Flux. What is this? I have no idea. Music videos, boo. And then one time I caught... Um, the, Beavis and Butthead was the show that's when that kid Danny explained it to me when he was just telling me about an episode I was laughing so hard I was crying yes. and then when I finally got to see it and they're like smashing each other in the face with baseball bats I was like oh my god I took me Beavis and Butthead was like pornography to me when I was like 11 I was yeah. like I gotta track it down yeah and holy shit was that I like, loved it like I was you know like it's there was, I mean, it's funny because I don't think people associate like girls with loving people. Like, I yeah. love Beavis and Butthead. And Simpsons, I loved Simpsons when it was, I used to watch Tracy Ullman yeah. just to watch The Simpsons. We love Tracy Ullman in our house. My I mean, dad, I love Tracy yeah. Ullman too, but The Simpsons part was what got me. Oh, I fucking love The Simpsons. I watched like, that was like a religion, you know, and it was on Fox, which is where my dad worked, even though my dad just did the lighting for the news. So there was like, for us kids, we were like, my dad knows The Simpsons. Like, you know, we were just like, the connection <laughs> was insane we were like dad works at fox the simpsons are on fox yeah it was like so we were obsessed with the simpsons growing up and of uh, course like talk about you learned all your life lessons from on uh, like different sitcoms i learned what movies i needed to watch as like a little budding movie nerd from the simpsons where my dad i'd be like dad what's that bart's costume from he's like oh it's from a movie called clockwork orange i'm like oh i should check that i'm like oh i don't get it why is he grabbing his hat as the garage door closes like oh it's from indiana Jones. like you know you like learn movie i'm like oh and there was a period of time when i only knew movies from that were referenced from like i only like yes i i guess i know that only because of the sim like soylent green is people like i only know from like a simpsons episode until i eventually got old enough my dad's like yeah you gotta see it's charlton heston blah 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 so like, <laughs> I learned everything from watching television. Everything, every single um, thing. Wow, I'm glad I went on that long ass tirade. <laughs> <laughs> I just got like exhausted. <laughs> um, any last parting TV uh, uh, wisdom is a, I guess. Oh, a- wisdom. You know, um, give me a TV show and. <laughs> what uh, would your TV show be? We don't have to give me an actual like this. Like, if you could just be. 
like transport any sitcom to now or, you know, like would oh. you truly want to be Mrs. Roper? on the- Well, I would, but I'd want to be Mrs. Roper who actually gets laid. Yeah. Because she didn't get laid. But some kind of hybrid, I guess maybe a Blanche. I better get laid in my TV show. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess I would want to, maybe I'd probably be like a Blanche Devereaux. Yeah. But, but in the 70s. I really like not your age in the seventies, but the you want it to be the a period piece that takes place in the seventies. Yeah, I want it to be a period piece that takes place in the sixties or seventies, and okay. I want to be like a like a horny older woman, <laughs> older being like forties, fifties. <laughs> I mean, I want a lot of other things. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, that would be before I die. You just I set will. back feminist. I just want to be a horny old woman. You yeah. Know? All of a sudden, feminists are like, oh well. Yeah, no, like an empowered horny old woman. Um, she chooses when she does it. But uh, yeah, that would be, but what would my, I mean, it would be some kind of a hybrid. I mean, I still love, I know it doesn't really work today, but I do love classic sitcom format. Right, yeah. I, my brain thinks that way. Like, I'm not so much of a movie nerd. I watch a movie, I completely forget what it's about a day later. Yeah. It doesn't stick with me, but the half hour scripted sitcom classic like problem is solved yeah. lesson is learned i could if someone asked me to write a whole series i feel like multicam just needs good people to do it to come back you yeah know what I, mean? I mostly think in single cam now like any script i've written has been single cam. yeah but i bet you multicam can make a comeback if yeah. like like people that aren't you know i think it maybe it just has a bad reputation because of chuck Lorre, who makes a shit ton of television and yeah. it's all multicam. But I feel like there's good multicams un- in in there somewhere. In Is there. Carmichael show multicam? Yes. And, and that's great. a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a throwback too because they have like that big like 10 minute proscenium scene in every episode like where they're just in the living room having a huge dialogue which is like very old school it's very all in the family yeah Yeah. so I think if I had to put together a dream show like that it would be about my it would be about a kid who eats like an antipasto plate in front of the TV and the dad's like Hey, you know, I, I, I would watch that show in a heartbeat. Yay. I would, I would hope to play the the plumber uncle who yes. comes by. Oh, you got it. Uh, who's so mad that he's named Mario and an actual plumber? Yeah, yeah. This is a verbal contract. All right, okay. I'm, I'm in, I, and I'll work non-union. I'll scab. I don't okay. give a fuck. <laughs> at this point, at this point, when that's taking off, I'll need all the help yeah. I can get. Uh, Julia, anything you want to plug? You have your own podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I have a podcast uh, called Hopefully We Don't Break Up that I co-host with comedian Will Miles, who's the... The, the aforementioned black boy. Yes, the, the token. Uh, <laughs> I'm an activist. This counts as me having a black guest is having you on talking yeah, about Will. Yeah. Oh, God. We're so many think pieces. And um, uh, yeah, it's really fun. We talk to other couples about relationships and sometimes it's comedians, sometimes it's not, but it's uh, really cool. So... I don't know when this is gonna when is this gonna come out in the next week or two. Okay, so if you're in New York, we have a live show at Subculture on April 14th, and then I have a show once a month at Union Hall in New York, and sometimes traveling called First Set, where we watch comedians' oldest stand-up footage. Oh, geez. Or acting footage or whatever, and it's really fun. Oh, that's so, awesome! Listen, hopefully we don't break up. Come to first set and follow me and all that. Good yeah, what's stuff. what's your uh, Twitter handle? Because it's, Ju- it's it's you're gonna say it's Julia Rossi, and everyone's yeah. gonna be like, I know exactly how to spell that. Yeah, I mean it's but- Julia with a G. If you just spell Julia however you think Julia with a G would be spelled, <laughs> I'll be the first thing that I'm yeah. the only Julia with a G doing comedy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Close call. <laughs> there is a Julia with a G that was a did a Playboy shoot in like another country, and they <laughs> linked it to my website. And I was like, w- I don't look like this blonde naked woman Man, at all. But leave it up. If I get hits, I yeah. Get- <laughs> if I get a couple of Twitter followers at it, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. As always, I'm at John Gabris, no H, and John or Gabris. Tweet at Julia and I with what shows you guys grew up watching or yes. that formed your uh, childhood POV. Um, as always, rate me five stars, roast me in the comments. I'll read them out loud. And guys, buy yourself a high and mighty t-shirt at gabris.com slash shirts. Uh, wow. That was a, a real businessy. That's about as <laughs> corporate minded as I get, but please buy some fucking shirts. I, I think I get $3 a shirt. So s- please buy a thousand shirts. Um, Julia, thank you so much thank for joining you for me. me. Bye shitheads. <laughs>